Psalm number one. We're going into Psalm number one tonight. And uh, I'm going to pray as you're getting there, as you're going on your phone or in your Bible. Do you guys remember these things? These, these are called Bibles. <laughs> you may not know about it now. And then it'll turn into an app on your phone. But anyway, we'll, we, will, we will talk about the Bible tonight. Father, I thank you for everyone who's here tonight. And uh, actually, I push pause on prayer. Uh, during worship, there was actually a car accident at the light right over here. And so I, I, I was on the phone out there because I had to talk to somebody. And then I heard this... <laughs> And uh, so I walked over there, and lo and behold, this row of people right here were right there ready on the scene. All, you know, it was awesome. Like, I was just so stoked because it's like, number one, like, tragedy happens, and that sucks. But what's so cool is that there was already light of the world people right there ready to minister and to love and to help. You know, and so we were so, so I, we got to go over there and we got to pray for the lady, her back and her neck was hurting and stuff like that. And, and, uh, D- Senorita Daisy over here was, was translating cause I couldn't, my Spanish wasn't super strong. So it was just, it was a powerful time. So yeah, anyway, so I wanted to pray for that before we prayed for this message, but Lord, we, we just thank you that you saw and you knew what was happening, God, and, and Lord, that you, you had some, some of your children right there ready to love, and so God, we pray that in Jesus' name that you would move upon the heart uh, of, of both of the people that were involved in the accident, that you would heal them of trauma, that we would, we, we just speak to that spirit of trauma, that it would be kicked off of their lives, that their bodies would not have evidence of trauma in them, God, and, and stress and fear, that that would be lifted off and that the shalom peace of God would rest on them. And Father, we also pray that that body would be healed completely, the neck and the back, the whole thing. God, we speak to her body that would be healed. And we pray that just the blessing of God would rest upon this situation, that truth would prevail and that you would work all things together for their good because we know, God, that either they love you now or they will love you then. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Oh, yeah, and bless the word, too. Okay, amen. We're in a series called Rooted. Everyone say Rooted. And, and this is the point. The, the heart of this series is to move us towards more stability in our lives. That in a world of compromise, because how many understand that there's peer pressures on the campus, there's peer pressures in the dorms, there's peer pressures in your friends and, or whatever it is. But how many understand like in a world of compromise that there's peer pressure, there's culture pressure, that God is calling us to be firm, stable, reliable, and committed followers of Jesus. Like Isaiah, you can write this down and it's not going to come on the screen. Isaiah 61 verse 3 talks about what the Messiah would come to do, that he would bring beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and and, and, and a a spirit of praise instead of heaviness, the whole thing. But then he would say at the end, hey, hey, they will be called oaks of righteousness. How many understand an oak is a tree? And it says a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, that God is actually calling us to be like trees. Trees in scripture always represent people. You see that here, you'll see it in Psalm 1, you see it in Jeremiah 17, and you see it in Isaiah 55. It's all over the Bible. And what's the point? God, when he thinks of you, he's saying stability, something that's firm, something that's steadfast and rooted. Everyone say it again, rooted. He's calling us to be rooted in the midst of a world of compromise. We, we looked at, you know, I, I did a message a few years ago and I said, how to be a tree in a tumbleweed kind of a world. You, you know, and <laughs> sometimes life, peer pressure, circumstances, trial situations, whatever it is, and even wrong beliefs about ourselves, wrongs belie- wrong beliefs about God cause us to end up being like a tumbleweed that just blows in the wind, that whenever those circumstances happen, we're just kicked around crazy like the waves that are just tossed, but God 
God is calling us to be like a tree. This is how he sees us. And God is calling us to be stable and firm Christians. Amen. And so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about being rooted in the church and, and this powerful message. I, I want to encourage you because, man, this is something that happens, especially with, I think sometimes with young adults, there's this, like, like I call it like butterfly. Actually, I've heard it from my friend, but butterfly Christians, where we flutter to the cool thing that's happening. And then when that's not as cool anymore, we flutter over to something else. And then when that's not as cool anymore, we flutter over, oh, but there's girls at that one. We're fluttering over to that one. Or there's hot guys at that one. We're fluttering over. You know what I'm saying? Because that last group ain't got no single people. You know what I'm saying? Everyone's already taken over here. So we got to go flutter to somewhere else. You know what I mean? And, you know, on one side, I'm like, hey, that's a good place to find somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. But just go to the fire and glory outpourings. It's better, okay? But, (laughs) But this is what happens sometimes there's such an inconsistency in our lives that it, it, it actually hurts us more than helps us. It affects us in a negative way. There's something so powerful about stability. And that's why I think God likens people to trees because trees stay in the same place for a really long time. Amen. Trees are stable. And, and so, you know, I, I'm not going to, I might, but I'm not trying to preach Psalm 92 again, but this is what we looked at. It said those who are planted, everyone say planted, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And if you want to flourish as a believer, the Bible said, not me, not, not, you know, some preacher's opinion or not your friend, but the Bible said, which is, we know that the Holy Spirit said that if you want to flourish in life, you have to be planted in the church. And if you want God's plan for you to flourish in life, you have to be planted in church, not, not just intervarsity, not just priority. There are my friends and I love them, but that's not a church. It's a parachurch, which means it's alongside of the church church, but there's something about being planted in the church, the the body of Christ, whether it's summit or grace or the movement or the father's house, whatever, Vista assembly, whatever it is, God calls each person to a local church. Amen. And he calls us to be stable and planted there. That's a part of his plan for flourishing your life. I can see it in my own life that I started coming here in 2003 and I see that I I just came here like two years saved. I didn't really know much about anything, but all I knew is I needed a family and I planted myself here. And and I mean, I'm telling you, God has flourished my life. My life, the, the calling on my life is different than yours, but I'm telling you the same thing can happen for you where you get rooted in and all of a sudden flourishing will start happening. I've been here for 14 years now. And my life, I'm telling you, I'm just on the verge of seeing dreams that I dreamt 15 years ago. And it's amazing, but I I attribute it to plenty of things and obviously the Lord, but also I attribute it to being rooted in the church. I would not be who I am today if I didn't have a home church and a family to be planted into. And so if you want more on that, you can get on the podcast. But tonight we're talking about being rooted in the word and we will get to Psalm one in just a second. But Hosea four verse six has a nugget of wisdom in the old Testament. And it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of what? Look at that. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And here's the thing. It's not that we don't have power. It's not that we don't have victory. It's not that God doesn't love us with an everlasting love. And we don't, it's not that we don't have forgiveness. It's that sometimes we don't know that we have it. And, and, and we are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. How many understand that you, you, I read this story and I, I wish I, I could find it in one of the books I read. It was years ago. I read this story where, um, there was like a, a maid or like a, what is that a maid? Like where the people who clean your house and you, they live there with you, like an in living, 
Yeah, like all I ever think of was like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, the the story goes that there was this lady who was a maid, and then but she, it was like in a mansion, and uh, but she was illiterate. She didn't know how to read, so she she you know she just would do her job and do the deal. This is years ago, and and the the guy who had finally passed away in the whole deal. And I guess what had happened is she ended up moving out to some small place or something. I'm messing up the story, but just there's a point. And, and she had this frame from the guy who had passed away, but she couldn't read what was on the frame. And so she had this frame like in her little beat up studio. You know, she's living in this tiny little place and this frame has been chilling on her wall. So one of her relatives or someone comes in who can read, reads the thing and finds out that the, the rich guy actually left his entire estate to her. <laughs> And for years, it was just chilling in a plaque on her wall. <laughs> like, are you crazy? That crazy? I like that image that we put up for the, for, the, for the message. If you look on Facebook, it has a Bible sitting here with dust, and in the dust it says, read me. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the scripture said that we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Help me understand the untold treasures, the untold riches that we have in Christ, the blessing of God, the truth of our identity, the stability, the sustainability, all the good things that we can get from knowing what's in here. And it could just be a plaque on the wall. We never open it up and we realize, oh my God, I've been living in spiritual poverty for 50 years. <laughs> because I didn't crack this thing open and see what dad left me. Hey, come on. Because the reality is what you don't know actually can hurt you. Uh, what you don't know can hurt you. Can you imagine this? With the, uh, God, with the potential that you have to change this world, don't you think that the devil's going to try to deceive you into going into his way and try to trick your brain? It's be like, ah, oh, you don't need to read that. You don't say you ain't got time for it because you got studying you got to do. You got work you have to do. You got to even serve in church. You ain't got time to read the thing. Just do the thing because it's not about hearing it. It's about doing it. It's like something retarded like that, you know? And it's like, what are you talking about? You need to get inside of this thing and discover who you are. Discover what you have. Hey, the best way to know truth is to get into the Bible. Yeah. The best way to know truth is to get in to the Bible. Jesus said in John 17, he said, your word is truth. Speaking to the fire, he said, your word is truth. Well, we got the very words of God sitting right here, man. Like, I need a prophecy. No, dude, read the Bible, man. Like, sometimes we chase prophets. We chase people who get the gift of prophecy. I need you to pray for me and give me a word. Be like, I got you plenty of words right here, brother. I'll give you a word right here. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'll give you a word that's, you know, because this thing lasts forever. This is way better than a prophecy. Amen. The word of God is strong. The word of God is powerful. We're like, uh, we, we don't, I mean, I love prophecy and I love personal prophecy. There's words that have been spoken to me that have changed my life. But at the end of the day, this thing is what makes me stable. The very word of God is what makes me stable. It's what makes you stable in your life. And the best way to know truth is to get into the Bible. I'm debating whether we should do this thing. Let's just do it. This will be fun. Okay, Daniel. Daniel's going to come on the piano. And I want to just, I just want to illustrate something to you guys. Hopefully I'll remember what I'm saying, but I'll bring my notes with me just in case I don't. You know. 
Okay. Hey. So we're going to play a one. I will say it over the mic so y'all know what you're saying. We're going to play a one, four, five in the key of G, okay? Just let's. Is that out there? Can you hear that? Okay, so here we go. You all don't even know what a one, four, five is, but we're going to play the same chord progression together, and it's going to sound just beautiful. Are you ready? Ready? One, two, three. like every single Christian song that you've ever heard. You know what I'm saying? Like, we should go faster then, huh? Let's go faster just for, for fun. Every move I make, I'm making. <laughs> That's the old school right there. Or, you know, what? Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. Okay, I can't do it. See, you all know it. So, okay, so you heard that. It sounds nice, right? Wait, play the G one more time. That's together. That's beautiful, isn't that? Hold on a second. Let's try that again from the top. What? <laughs> That's just nasty, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so play the G, play me a G one more time. So that, hear that wah, 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 wah. This is in, I'm gonna give you a little music lesson. That's called dissonance. Everyone say dissonance. Let's play the G one more time. <laughs> That is called dissonance. Now, how many understand that when you are out of tune, you need a standard to tune by? Like, you, you can't, you can't, I mean, I can't just, hmm, I wonder, I could guess I've been doing this long enough, I should be able to get a little closer than, but I need, I need a standard to tune it by. So just give me a E, give me a low E. Oh, that was pretty close. Did you hear that? That was pretty close. Okay, give me an A. how the dissonance is decreasing dissonance is a wah 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 the, le- the more it's in tune the less dissonance happens A okay D Ooh. okay so you hear that dissonance world is called tuning. In the Christian world, it's called sanctification. (laughs) Give me an E. Give me an E. See, 
see, what happens is we, we get out of tune, and so we start believing things that aren't true about us, and it makes sounds like this. <laughs> I know it's not. I, I know I just tuned it, but I play in a chord that sounds nasty. That's why. And we get out of tune, and we wonder why there's dissonance in our lives. And we're like, how do I get back to peace? You, you got to get tuned back up. And in order to get tuned back up, you have to have a standard. And that standard in, in Christianity is called truth. And where do you find truth? In the Bible, in the Word. And so let's play that chord progression one more time. One, two, three, hey. Oh, it's pleasing again to my ears. It, see, you don't feel that tension in your stomach anymore when I was playing, huh? You didn't want to like close your head, you know, close your ears. He was like, uh. You came from heaven. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh-huh. Give yourselves a hand right there. Listen, I, I did this because I want you to see that in life, we have to have a standard for truth. When our lives are out of tune, we need a standard to get tuned back to. And, and the thing is, you cannot find truth anywhere else in Scripture. That like this, this is the primary source of truth in our lives. And we have to get back to the Word. We have to get tuned. When we believe untruths and lies about our identity, our circumstances, our finances, our relationships, we are out of tune. And the sound that we make in the spirit world is dissonance. But we go back to the standard and get in tune again. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time to get in tune. The word is our standard for truth. So we finally made it to Psalm chapter one. <laughs> I think you already got the word though, so I don't even know what I'm doing. Verse one. Blessed is the man. Everyone say blessed. blessed. So if you want to be blessed, listen carefully. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But, verse 2, his delight, everyone say delights. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. Everyone say meditates. He meditates day and night. Verse 3, he shall be like a tree. What? How did we get to that again? Oh, it's in the Bible. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Reavers. That's what Joshua Mills would say. Like, reavers. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever. I'm going to say whatever. Whatever he does shall prosper. Verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Uh, Andrew Hopkins' translation, tumbleweed. Verse 5, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Ooh, say boom. Boom. Here's the deal. 
we'll look back at verse one. And I want you to notice something. There is a progression. There is a progression. It says the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And then, uh, I'm sorry, did I say walk? I said, what, what's the word? I don't even know what I'm saying. Is it walk? I should, I should look up on the screen because David's already got me covered. It said to walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scorn. Did you see that? Walk, stand, and then sit. You start walking, and then after a while, you're standing with them, and then you're, just, you're a part of them. In other words, if you listen to counsel from ungodly people long enough, you're on your way to joining them. When you, list, when you start listening to counsel from ungodly people, you are on your way to actually start joining them. I'm not saying listening as in just getting words inside of your ears. I'm talking about listening as in submitting to the counsel as if it was good and good for you. You with me on this? You're going to hear a whole bunch of crazy stuff when you walk through life. Like I was just talking to Yar and this, this, this lady tried to meet with her and talk to her about why, why, why you have to have church on Saturday and, and like why you can only take communion on the Passover and, and just really weird cultural stuff and I'm like dude she's like she's texting me about this They're like what uh why? I don't understand what she's saying I'm like yeah she's either part of a cult or seven-day Adventist which I love them but all I'm trying to say because she has some other weird things outside of just having church on Saturday which is whatever you have church whatever day you want you know but the point is is that when you start listening to counsel when you start taking it as truth and not scripture as truth you start standing and then eventually you'll sit with him and you end up becoming part of their group when the Lord is calling us to be different. Amen. And so I want you to see, though, that it started with counsel. It, or in other words, it started with words. And so on the other hand, stability and prosperity also comes from words. And we see it's from God's words. So you see that words are really powerful. When you hear the counsel of the ungodly, it's words that, that actually causes us to move towards something. But it's also words that cause us to go towards stability. And we have to ask ourselves, which one, or which fountain are we drinking from? Amen. We have to ask ourselves, what is it? And so when we look at in verse 2, it said, the one who is blessed is the one who delights in and meditates on the law of the Lord. This is the key. If you, if you don't remember anything, remember these two words, delighting and meditating. If you make it a point in your life to take delight in the word of God and to meditate on the word of God, I promise your life will be blessed. And I don't even have to promise that because we just read it. The Lord promises it. If you will take, uh, if you will, if you will be passionate about this thing and take delight in the word and meditate on God's word, I'm not talking about even motivational things. I'm not even talking talking about a preacher's word. I'm not talking about Dr. Phil or Miss Oprah. I'm not talking about just people who say good things. The scripture said that when we meditate and delight in the word of the Lord, that's when you'll prosper. It's not when you just heard a professor say something really cool. I'm going to tweet that. That's fine. And that's encouraging. But Bible said that if you delight in the Bible, if you delight in that and you meditate on the word, this is where the freedom comes. Delight literally means to feel a great favor towards something. Ah, it's, it's to feel like, man, this thing has life. I can remember reading. Sometimes it feels like I'm, I'm eating vegetables that I don't want to eat. I'm just going to be honest with you. But other times it's like, oh my gosh, I have never seen that in here. This is amazing. And I, I was telling Rochelle the other day after I was done reading, I was like, dude, the Bible is so good. Have you read it? <laughs> it is like, it is so good. That's delighting. 
And for and sometimes sometimes you, you have to faith your delighting. You know what I'm saying? You're like, I delight in this as I read through the genealogies and chronicles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I delight in this and I don't understand a lick of the book of Revelation. But it is the word of God, so I delight in it. I don't care. I, hey, listen, if I understand what God's saying, if I don't understand what God's saying, it's still God's saying it. You know what I'm saying? And it's still spiritually nutritious for me. And it's spiritually nutritious for you. Even the genealogies and chronicles and some of the books that you didn't even know were there. You know what I'm saying? The, the pages are still stuck together in your Bible in those areas. It's okay. It's still God-breathed. Are you with me on this? This is the word of God. And so we delight, but meditate. The Hebrew word literally means to mutter. It means to ponder, but it literally means to mutter. And so what the Hebrews would do back in the day, and they had these things called phylacteries. And phylacteries were literally little boxes they would put on their head and on their left arm. Why? Because they said the words should be in your mind and on your heart. And so when they would pray, the thing on their left arm would go right next to their heart. And inside the box, though, was the greatest commandment. They would put, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. But they put those in there because they're just probably thinking practically, how do I get this thing close to my mind and my heart? Uh, let's write it on a piece of paper and slap it to my head. You know what I'm saying? These guys are passionate about this, man. But what's the point? When they would take the scripture, they would read it over and they would mutter it. They would sit and they would, this is how they would meditate. This is what meditation means. To think, but also to mutter and to speak it out. So they would sit like this. I shall love the Lord my God with all of my heart, all of my soul and all of my strength, and love my neighbor as myself. I will love the Lord God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my strength. I will love, and they would just say this thing over and over and over and over. And if you do this, you you won't understand this unless you actually do this. If you do this, you will start to find that revelation starts coming out of it. And all of a sudden, you get honed in on that word all. What does that mean, all? And now you start singing, thinking about what's all? All, like Psalm 103, I will bless the Lord with, oh, he said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What is all? Every part of me. What is all? Okay, that, when I wake up, I will bless you, God. When I'm eating breakfast, I'll bless you. When I'm at work, I'll bless you. When I'm eating lunch, I'll bless you. Everything that's within me, okay, within me, that means all these areas in my heart. There's some areas in my heart that aren't blessing God. But you don't get that just from reading it one time. <laughs> bless the Lord, all my soul, and all his name, bless his holy name. All right, let's go. I got my verse of the day. You ain't going to get nothing out of that. You know what I mean? But you sit there and meditate. All of a sudden, what does all mean? What does bless the Lord mean? What does even bless mean? I don't know. Dictionary.com, please help me out. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what does all this stuff mean? What does sanctification mean? What does justification mean? What, is, what does propitiation mean? I don't know. You should look it up in the dictionary because it's really powerful. <laughs> And this is what the scripture said. If you delight in it and you meditate on it, you actually will prosper in your life. Joshua, the, the, the Lord told Joshua, Joshua 1.8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your no. mouth. Everyone say it. No. Do you notice it said it didn't, it shall not, it didn't say it shall not depart from your mind. Good. He said your mouth. That means there's something powerful about the muttering. <laughs> Because what did he say? You shall meditate in it day and night. Hey, that sounds familiar. That you may observe. Why, why, why? So you can observe to do all that is according, uh, according to all that is written in it. And then what will happen? Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. 
Ah, you want a success teaching? You want to know how to be 10 steps of success in life? Meditate on the word. That's one step. That's all you need. One step in life. (laughs) And it gets inside of you. And then all of a sudden you start living like God. You start thinking like God. Because you can't think on something long enough without starting to do it. That's why on the opposite, when, when David was supposed to go out and fight war, and it says the time when kings go out to war, what was David doing? He wasn't fighting. He was supposed to be fighting, but he was sitting on his roof beholding some naked woman taking a bath on her roof. You know what I'm saying? It was sketchy. <laughs> and what am I trying to say? What The thing that you behold well, this is, this is a Pastor Nam quote from like 10 years ago. The thing that you behold, you'll want to hold. You know what I'm saying? I just, anyway. But, but the thing is, what you're focusing on, you will eventually go into. So David was literally beholding a woman taking a bath. He should have just been like, oh, snap, do not look north. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let me turn a little southwest over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. That's, all he, that's what he should have done, but he kept looking. And the thing is that the things that we meditate, we will always gravitate towards. You meditate on the word of God, the truth of God, the identity that he tells you who you are. You will begin to gravitate towards it. I remember I, I used to say this every day for a few years. And at the end of my prayer, I would say, God, I thank you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And nothing shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I would end my prayers every day like this. And every time I would end, I would feel like a champion. Like, I don't care what the devil throws at me. I'll punch him in the face. You know, like, because what you meditate on, you gravitate towards. Are you with me on this? The more you, you meditate on the negativity, the more you actually live out that thing. It, this is why the Lord is saying, the ones who delight and meditate on the word will bring great success to your life. So here's the deal. With the remaining time, I'm giving you three quick things other than everything else I just said. Three things that we get as, as a result of being rooted in the word. The first thing is Stability stability because remember we're talking about being rooted we're talking about people who are rooted and stable stability verse 3 said that he shall be like a tree aka rooted this is a picture of stability firm stable sure another word is secure how many all want to be secure not only in your identity but in your destiny you want to be secure in how you're living your life i'm telling you scripture tells you exactly how to do it Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, how much of your time is meditating on what God has said? In contrast to verse 4, it says, the ungodly are driven away by the wind. You see that? I mean, I'm happy to be like a tree bending beneath the waves of (laughs) the winds of his mercy. You know what I'm saying? I'll be that tree bending, but I'm not going to be flying around like a little tumbleweed going on. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't change my major like 17 times. I don't know what's going on with my life. I don't know what I'm going to do for a living. (laughs) He said, when you meditate on the word, you're like a tree deeply rooted. It's hard to uproot a tree that's deeply rooted. It's hard to. And I want to tell you this. The deeper that you're rooted in truth, the harder it is for lies to take you out. The deeper that you're rooted in truth, it's harder for lies to take you out because you you ain't got time for that tomfoolery. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That was prophetic. Is there someone with the uncle named Tom? No, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't even know. Listen, 
that tomfoolery. We don't got time for this. We are delighting in and meditating on the word, and that makes us strong. This is the deeper that we're rooted in truth, the harder it is for lies to take us out. I don't have time. This is why, like, if you work at a bank, they don't teach you to, count, to, to study the counterfeits. They just teach you to study the real thing. Because when you see a counterfeit, you just know it easily. <laughs> like, people try to, someone's trying to come up and tell me, like, you're not allowed to eat pork as a Christian. Be like, dude, I like ribs, okay? And the, Jesus said all food is clean, homie. So I don't care what kind of doctrine you're preaching. I don't, I don't really care what you said. We had a Bible study one time, and this dude, this dude, he was, like, really concerned because, like, a lady who believes that was telling him this stuff. And he came to our Bible study, and he's like, He's like, man, um, this lady was telling me I couldn't have ribs. <laughs> and he said, I like me my ribs. <laughs> I said, dude, eat your ribs, man. Eat all of them, all the pork you want. All I'm trying to say, that's a, that's a, that's a tiny thing. A bigger situations, like when, when circumstances start telling you that maybe people don't like me and I'm rejected, all of a sudden, wait, 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 wait a second. That sounds like a counterfeit. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the truth. They're like, oh, you're probably going to be stuck in this horrible circumstance the rest of you. are like, scratch that record. Hold up. <laughs> That's not what the word told me. He said, I'm blessing my coming and I'm blessing my going. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm coming over, not going under. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. Yeah. You, can't, you cannot unconvince me that I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And no one can unconvince me of this thing. I just believe the word of God. Y'all believe the word of God? <laughs> I just believe that I'm favored. Everywhere I go, I have favor. I'm telling you, I'm so blessed. I bless places that I go to. <laughs> I'm telling you, every time this happens, Rochelle and I go into a restaurant, we beat the rush. I swear, every single time. We go in there, we're ordering, we turn around, there's a line right behind us. I'm like, hey, you're all happy because we're here because we just brought you business in Jesus' name. There's such a blessing on my life that it's blessing your business. <laughs> Hey, you know what I'm saying? I, I, just, I just believe that I'm blessed. And God told Abraham, I will bless you, and you will not only be blessed, but you will be a blessing. That's the word of God. You can choose to believe it, or you can choose to reject it, but hey, whatever life you want to live. <laughs> Here's the deal, man. You start thinking the way that Jesus thinks. Think about this. He was so stable. He was so secure. He was on a boat in the middle of a life-threatening storm. And what was Jesus doing? Taking a nap. Come on, man. This is someone who's got some stability. You know what I'm saying? We go through stuff. We're freaking out. You know, we're like, oh, I got to text my prayer partner right now. You know, we're like, oh, I need help. Somebody talk to me. I need like five sozos. I need a counseling session. I need something. Help me. Somebody lay hands. Get the bottle of oil and pour the whole thing on my head. I don't even. <laughs> and Jesus it's in the middle of a storm. It's life-threatening storm, and he's on a cushion taking a nap. Oh, my God. How stable can you be? How secure can you be in the Father's plan for your life? He'd be like, I didn't die on the cross yet. I ain't dying on here, so I'm going to take a nap. When I die on the cross, that's when I'm supposed to die. But I'm not supposed to die right now, so I'm going to take a nap, and all y'all can freak out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to take a nap right now because I'm stable. Oh, isn't that a blessing to live your life that secure? <laughs> You're on a plane, it starts getting turbulence, people are freaking out, be like, I don't know, but I know what you guys think, but I have a destiny to fulfill, and I'm not about to die on this plane right now. So let me just give you a little peace. The plane's not gonna crash because I'm on it. I just want to let you know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> 
This is what the word of God does. It brings stability in your life. In the midst of accusations, Jesus was getting accused that he was Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies, the devil, he basically, he was telling him, like, you could call me anything you want to. It's just going to be like this, fall on the ground, because I'm secure. And he was level-headed in persecution. No one, people, man, people try to push him off a cliff, and what did he, he just walked right past him. <laughs> I don't know if that was supernatural, that dudes got blinded, and they couldn't see him walk right past him. I'm just saying, Jesus was getting persecuted, and he didn't flip his, he didn't blow up on anybody. He just, you know, he was just like, okay, y'all can think what you think, but I'm going to stay steady the whole time. This is who God is calling us to be, stable in the midst of circumstances. Stable, stable. The tree was planted by streams of water. That means life is always flowing into you. You always have life. Life is always, I feel dry. No, no, get back in the word and you'll get planted next to the streams of living water and get alive again. Are you with me tonight? Second thing is sustainability. We talked about stability, but we're talking about sustainability. Verse three says that they go on to yield fruit in its season. This is the kind of people that, this is, this is you. This is a picture of who you are and who you're called to be. That you yield fruit. It says they, they bring forth fruit in its season. That means your life is productive and flourishing. There's something happening in your life. You are growing. You are looking more like Christ. You are loving people. Your, your patience level is getting better. You know when it says love is patient, it literally means that someone's who, it means someone who's not quick to boil. Their boiling point is like way up there. <laughs> And when you're rooted in the word, it said you're bearing fruit. This is the fruit of Christ, that you're more loving, that you're less judging, and you're more loving. And you're not judging people by their sins, you're not judging people by their weaknesses. Hey, and you're not judging yourself by your weaknesses, and you're not judging yourself by your sins, but you're seeing yourself clearly how God sees you. You're bearing fruit. People's lives, people are getting saved around you. People are getting healed around you. When you just get around them, they're getting encouraged because of the life that you carry. Yielding fruit. It says again, verse three, it says, whose leaf also shall not wither. This, I believe, means that they're vibrant in life. This is you. You're vibrant in life and you don't have a short-lived passion for God. It's not like, man, I went to that conference and I got on a conference high. I went to that Crux Revival camp and I got blasted with the Holy Ghost, but then I came back to reality and I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> but they're, they're, this says their leaf does not wither. The sun doesn't scorch you out. World, the, the, the temptations don't scorch you out, but you're, you're prospering. It says, it says the leaf shall not wither. Your, your, your tree is blessed. Are you with me on this? Your life is blessed. And then it says, whatever he does prospers. And I just love this. I, I was talking to, um, to Ruth, who leads the, the priority, the Christian challenge. And we were talking about this message, like when we were there last week, by the way, that was awesome. Priority literally read the whole Bible from Monday to Thursday on the campus out loud. And I said, I said, yeah, this is powerful. Faith comes by hearing the word. And she's like, that's exactly why we're doing it because faith comes by hearing the word. I'm like, mm, I love this. But anyway, I was talking about this and she said, she quoted to me, Joshua 1, 8, which you just read. She said, and who doesn't want to be successful? <laughs> and I'm like, Amen, sister. Who doesn't want to be successful in life? And this is what he says, whatever. Everyone say whatever. whatever. Come on. It didn't just say in your destiny you will prosper. It said whatever you do will prosper. This is the Bible, man. <laughs> Whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Like Joseph, he prospered everywhere he went because the Lord was with him. You throw me in prison, I'll be in charge of the prison. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
you throw me and you sell me as a slave, I will be the, in charge of the dude's whole household. This is what it means to prosper in everything. It's not like your circumstances are the most promising or the most awesome, but it means you're prospering in every single situation that you're placed in. Are you with me on that? This is what happens when you meditate and delight in the word and you're rooted in the word. It's, but remember, we're talking about sustainability. So Jesus said in Mark, Matthew 4, 4, He's quoting Deuteronomy 8, and he says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this is so crazy because this means that sustainability, the word actually, and I said this already, the word actually has nutritional value. You know what I'm saying? It is, and I want to say this to you, it, is, it has nourishment for you just as much as food does. I'm not saying only spiritual, because actually Proverbs 4, you can, this is, you can check this out. Proverbs 4, verse 21, you can read this later. It literally says that the words of the Father are life and health to your whole flesh. Proverbs 4, 21, you can read this, and you can look at it later. What's the point? That, that nourishment is not only just food, but the Word of God actually gives you just as much, if not more, nourishment than actually food that you eat. Come on. <laughs> No process, no gluten. It's gluten-free. If that works for you, you know what I'm saying? No processed sugars, you know what I mean? It's just pure, unadulterated, pure. <laughs> so when it says that the leaf does not wither, it's, you, it's saying you're a healthy tree. When you meditate on the word, you are a healthy tree. Now, I want to show you this contrast. Jesus is telling a parable, the parable of the sower, but this is so pertinent for us. Matthew 13, verse 20. He says, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. So this is like, yeah, hey man, I believe it. But verse 21, since he has no what? What does it say? I know this is different. Since they have no what? Root. Everyone shout root. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, why? Because of the word, he quickly falls away. Did you see that? So God speaks something to your heart, and unless it takes root, unless you let this thing sink in, someone tells us how to do it, meditate on it, day and night. doesn't mean you're like reading eight chapters every morning and every night. It just means when God's speaking to you something, you just meditate on it. You think in the morning, God, 1 John, first three, uh, uh, first John 3, 1 says, how great is the Father's love that he lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Think on that in the morning and in the night before you go to bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, God speaks a word, but then circumstance comes. Look at that. He already got it up there. Come on. But then circumstance comes. It, the scripture said, Matthew 13, 21, since you have no root, you will last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. That means you meditate. Daddy, you love me. The Father's love you lavished on me that I am your child. There's no evil in your heart towards me, but you love me with a perfect love. And this perfect love deals with my fear. And then all of a sudden you come up into a situation and an authority figure in your life says something that you perceive as rejection. Because scripture said persecution comes because of the word. Did you know that the word of God planted in your heart actually attracts persecution? It, when, the word of God planted in your heart actually attracts trouble and persecution to your life. This is Jesus. This, isn't, this is my opinion. This is Jesus. And this is what I believe happens, that, that we are tested if we're going to let this thing sink into our hearts. We have a moment. Are we going to choose to trust the word and let it get rooted, or are we going to choose to forsake what God just told us and grab a hold of the untruth? Uh, that's why we need to meditate on this thing and let it get deep. 
So that way, when anyone says anything to me, I'm like, hey, listen, you have an opinion about me. That's cool. You're entitled to your own opinion. But my, my, my identity comes from my dad. And he said, I'm loved. He said, I'm highly favored. He said, he chose me before the foundation of the world. That means he was thinking of me. He thinks a lot about me. I don't, you know, like, and whenever he thinks about me, he gets happy. And when I know that, it makes me strong. <laughs> so you have an opinion about me, and I have a choice to choose God's word or your word persecution, trouble comes because of the word. And unless it's rooted in you, you will fall away. Jesus said it. It's not supposed to be like that Katy Perry song, you know, like you're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, and you're no. And they put the lyrics out, you know. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, listen, listen. This is what sustainability is about. Sustainability. Your leaf does not wither. You're vibrant with life, not just for a short time. It's called sustainability. You have a sustained devotion life. You have a sustained life. You have a a sustained blessing, sustained favor, sustained freedom. God is calling us to this. There it is. Come on. And the last word I want to land on this is identity. This is is huge, man. I'm I'm just saying one one of the most important things in our lives is identity. Part of the stability that we're talking about earlier is knowing who you are. This is a time in your life when you're discovering who you are. When you're 18 to 20 something, you're discovering who you are. It's just the way it is. You're discovering who you are. And the word is key in having security in your identity. Because we get out of tune and we start thinking that we're something that we're not. But the word of God speaks to us and reminds us again of who we are. We get out too and we start playing our sound again and we're like, why does it sound bad? <laughs> or like, man, I don't have confidence. Where is my security? I feel so insecure right now. What is going on? You with me on this? This happens. I think everyone in the room experiences this. This is, this is human being stuff. We go like, man, I don't know who I am. And then if we're not careful, we try to find it in a girlfriend or in a boyfriend or in a job or in a career. And we're sucking the life out of them, trying to let them tell us what, like, tell me who I am. <sighs> like when you, when you love me, then I feel loved. But if you don't love me, I feel unloved. But how many understand that is a recipe for instability in your life. Ah, you with me on this? This is what this is crazy. And so sometimes we, uh, when we live like this, and I'm telling you, this is a process. So if you're like, man, uh, if I don't get this by tomorrow, tonight, then I suck. No, 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 no. Forget that. Listen, this is a process, okay? And and it's it's like over time. I'm telling you, but we do things when we when we live in this this thing of insecurity. We're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to prove ourselves to someone important and all. We're trying to we're trying to make something. You know, I remember my friend Henry Haney just said that freedom is having no one to impress and nothing to prove. I love that. That's true freedom when you have no one to impress and nothing to prove. You, you know, I, I have nothing to prove. My dad loves me just the way that I am. I have nothing to prove. I want to improve. <laughs> and being a follower of Jesus and being sanctified, I want to improve. I want my guitar to be in tune. I mean, understand what I mean? I want to be in tune and in step with the Lord. I want that. But as far as identity is concerned, I have nothing to prove. And I have no one to impress. I don't have to earn daddy's smile. He already gave it to me. I don't have to work for anything I don't already, I already have it. He already gave it. Like, I don't, but do I want to keep, I want to make him happy? Yeah, I do. 
but it's not out of a place of he's got a frown and I've got to get him to turn that frown upside down. You know what I mean? This frown's already upside down and I want to, I want to please him because he loves me. I love him because he loved me first. You see the difference? It's from a different place. And there's something about the word that is key. Here's the deal. I want to leave you with just a piece of homework because we're about done with time. Ephesians chapter one. Okay, David, don't put this up though, for real. Ephesians chapter one, whatever translation, this is your homework. If you want to know the, the, the clearest picture in the New Testament, I'm telling you, the, one passage, the whole chapter, I'm telling you, one, this is the most clear picture of our identity in Christ, Ephesians chapter one. And your homework, if you should choose to do this, with three claps, that means you have to. Uh, <laughs> if you choose to do it, clap three times. No. <laughs> Wait, wait, you only clapped twice, brother. Does that mean you're not going all the way through? Or No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. Listen, Ephesians chapter 1. You do your homework, and I want you to write. Just, just take a note in your phone. Write every single thing that the Lord says about you in Ephesians chapter 1. And I can just give you the first few just because I like talking about it. Verse 3 said that you're blessed. Blessed be God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4, just as he also chose us in him before the foundation of the world to to be predestined and adopted as his sons or daughters. I didn't even get to the whole thing. And all, all we know so far is that we're blessed and that God chose us before the foundation of the world. And that means if he chose us before the foundation of the world, that means he was thinking about us. It's just good stuff, man. And if you meditate and just take, let's say 30 minutes, you take 30 minutes, 50, whatever you have, and you go through Ephesians 1 and just take a note of every single thing that God says about you out of Ephesians chapter 1, I'm telling you, you can't walk away discouraged. You, you can only be encouraged. Blessed. Did you know blessed literally means that you are anointed to prosper, empowered to overcome, and impossible to curse? If you're blessed, you can't be cursed. Ah, that's a good word. You can't bless me. I'm, I mean, you can't curse me. I'm blessed. You know what I mean? They try to, some, some king tried to hire a witch guy or false prophet dude to, to curse the people of Israel. And every time he went to go curse him, he kept blessing him. And the dude was mad. He'd be like, I hired you to curse him. <laughs> and the guy was like, I can't, I can only say what God's saying. And all he keeps saying is blessing for them. <laughs> How much more is it for you? You're blessed. You're anointed to prosper. You're empowered to overcome. And you're impossible to curse. That means the favor of God's on your life. The good hand of God is on you. That means you prosper everywhere you go. I mean, I'm telling you, this is, this is what you get from meditating in the word. And so I want to close with this prayer. And we're landing on this verse. Because I, I want you to know that um, in order for you to meditate on the word, that means you have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> and yeah, or have it read to you. That's a good thing too. Listen, but in order to meditate, you have to read it. And that means you have to make time for it. Super simple, but I'm telling you, I want to say that I'm sure, you know, like, I want to say that like, yeah, we read it all the time, every day, all the time. But I, let's just be real. I understand that that, that probably doesn't happen for most of us. Like, I'm telling you, most of us in the room probably are spotty on our reading the Bible times. 
I'm not trying to say that in a condemning way, but I'm just going to be real. We're probably spotty on that. But part of the encouragement tonight is, if you're going to meditate on this, you got to read this thing. And I don't even care if you just, I'm telling you, whatever you can get, you need spiritual nourishment. If you just grab this and go like, what's the verse of the day from Holy Bible app? You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's all you got, then that's all you got. But man, I'm telling you, I know you got more in you than that. And I'm telling you, if you can make time for Facebook, if you can make time for Netflix binges, <laughs> if you can make time to, you know, do whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we'll be like, Star Wars is coming out. Let's line up, you know, five hours before. <laughs> you know, like, if you got that much passion for that, come on, somebody. Like, you can make it happen to get this word. This isn't, a, this isn't like, oh, you have your, you know, like, get in your face and, like, spit and, you know, all that stuff. I'm just saying, I've, I think everyone in this room wants the Psalm 1 life. I think you all want to prosper in everything that you do. I think you all want to bear fruit. I think you all want to have a, a long-lived passion for God. I'm just going to go on an assumption that all you all want to be blessed. <laughs> blessed is the man, right? Or the woe man, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm encouraging you, make time. Don't, no, 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 forget finding time. No, no, no. Make time for the word of God. And this will be our prayer. Psalm 119, verse 18. It says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Every time you open that scripture, let the author of it speak to you. And you can, it's the coolest book in the world because the author's sitting right there with you the whole time. And you can ask the Holy Spirit and pray that prayer and say, Lord, as I open your word today, I say this every single time. I've done it for decades. Probably more. And every time I grab the word, I say, Father, thank you for your word. And I pray that you teach me as I read today. And this would be a great scripture to just say right there and to memorize this. Father, when I open this word today, open my eyes so that I could see wonderful things in your word. Open my eyes. Because unless you help me do this, I don't want to see anything. But I need you. And you invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I promise your life will never be the same. Are you with me tonight? Let's all stand together, and I want to pray and just, and just bless you guys. Oh, tonight was a good night. Man, I'm just feeling blessed right now. Lord, just put your hand on your heart. Father, these hearts right here, we want your word. We want your word. We, it's like if anyone would say, like, how would you feel if God appeared to you and spoke to you? We'd be like, yes, take me there, you know? But like every day we can open the scripture and have God speak to us. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would ignite a passion in these hearts for the scripture. God, I thank you that Psalm 1 is truth. And God, I pray that, you know, in our hearts where we're out of tune, where we're playing some things that we're out of tune, there's dissonance in our lives. We're not really walking according to your plan for our lives. And we're actually feeling the dissonance. We're actually feeling some of the, the like, oh, I'm out of place. And there's some things that need to get rearranged. Father, right now, I pray that our hearts would just get realigned and that we'd surrender once again to you and your truth and your word and what you say about us. Father, I thank you. The truth of our identity is that we're loved with an everlasting love, and you demonstrated that on the cross. And God, I thank you that the truth about us is that we are chosen, that we are favored, that we're not rejected, but we're fully accepted in you. And Father, I thank you. This is truth. Father, I pray that the truth of your word would go deep, deep in our hearts, and we wouldn't be like those dudes who didn't have a root, and then the persecution comes and we freak out and let go. It's like, no, no, no. God, this is not us. God, we're, we're meditating on it, and when we meditate on it, it goes deep. And we want all of our heart 
to worship all of who you are. God, we thank you that the word is not only a place where we discover who we are, but it's where we discover who you are. And God, you reveal yourself as Father, as Savior, as Redeemer, all this. God, you're amazing. And so I pray that this night would ignite a passion for the word of God and that we would be stable, uh, steadfast, rooted believers, not tossed around by the circumstances, by people pleasing, by people's opinion, by peer pressure and the craziness. But God, we'd be rooted. I pray this for each one of our hearts. And I thank you that you give us uh, just that stability because we're, we're doing what you said. We're delighting and meditating in your word. We love you tonight. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 That's it. You are blessed. And we will, we'll see you guys. Hey, you know, fire and glory outpouring is going on. Keep getting filled up and all that stuff. But bless you guys. We'll see you guys Sunday morning. Amen.